Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of our podcast. Um, what would you call this? Um, coronation, maybe? If, if you can use that word. Um, my my co-host is here, always, Buchi. How you hey doing? Hey guys, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, Bolo is there in the background, doing his thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a kind of, a, I won't say weird, but it's a solemn type of episode. Uh, there's a pandemic, obviously no going around the world now, the COVID-19 pandemic. And obviously, we still like football. And we want to talk about the impact of this to European football, which we usually talk about. We'll focus on different types of the impact on you know, the premiership and the impact to the European calendar. It's talking about Euro 2020, which there are rumors that it's going to be moved to next year, um, when calendar ends, when it starts. Um, so we're here to talk about the impact of COVID you know, on different parts of European football. But before we jump into that, we'll do a quick admin and we'd like uh, for you guys to use this period to connect with us. We try to put out some type of content. I will, on Twitter, follow us, footy, F-O-O-T-I-E-A-D, fantasy, one word on Twitter, you know, for match reactions, um, for some trolling, in trolling content, if you like trolls, follow us on Instagram, you know, we have Insta stories, Insta post-match reaction on there. Our website, which we repost our podcast, you can find us, our podcast, on anywhere you find your podcast, on um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as it's called now. You can find us on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Acast, Cast, Castbox. You can also find us on um, Instagram at Fantasy Footy. Our YouTube channel also is Footy Fantasy, one word, F-O-O-T-I-E. Um, so we jump into this impact so connect with us like we say and you know like follow share whatever you can do and keep it interactive because that's how we grow our content so we jump on the impact of covid 19 on european football specifically epl i mean there was a lady who came out can't remember her name right now who asked for it to be voided i think two days ago she's come out to backtrack her statement now and Bucci, what do you think specifically what's the impact this would be on on Liverpool. I mean, the race is almost done, pretty much. They have two more games, but what do you think? <laughs> well, How do you think this is going to go? Worst I'm, case scenario, best case scenario for Liverpool? Well, Liverpool were, you know, you know, best case scenario, Liverpool were, you know, kind of good situation, bad situation. When I mean good and bad situation, they were in terrible form. And so they, the season was practically over. They were out of all competitions. Correct. And they only had the Premier League to look forward to. So they were in the kind of situation where they wanted the season to end as soon as possible, but I guess they didn't want it to end this way, though. Correct, of yes. course, <laughs> they were one month, you know, a couple of weeks away from they the, the title. Parade. They wanted a title parade and all of that. So in the best case scenario, the league comes back, they get back, you know, get back to form and um, whatever, win whatever games they need to win and continue. Worst case scenario would be the season getting voided. But I cannot really discuss the Liverpool impact on Liverpool without looking at the impact on the Premier League in general. Correct. Because um, whatever affects Liverpool kind of affects everybody else. Yep. Um, there are teams now that are looking at this and going, oh my God. Like, for example, Klopp might be going, yeah, I guess I needed a break. You know, I don't mind a two week break. Guys like. Um, Social will be going, no, not now. My team is playing the best. I'm in the best time of my season. 
you know, we're on a run and then this goes on. Um, so in that, um, you know, looking at that direction, I see coaches that were doing very well at this moment are not happy. And coaches that were not doing very well might be glad for the break. <laughs> Jose Mourinho, number one. Jose Mourinho, number one of them, yeah, would be very glad. And then that, of course, now brings the flip side of it where, like Jose Mourinho, you mentioned, who would be glad because the longer this takes, the most likely he will get his players back. Correct. Which helps true. his season. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it also applies to other teams. I don't have the a mental picture of everything. Um, the uh, injury problem, but I know about um, Spurs and Chelsea and yep. Manchester United because they have key players that are injured. So you're looking at Chelsea bringing back maybe Kante and Abraham yep. in good time. You're looking at uh, Perisic, uh, not Pulisic, 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 Pulisic coming back. That's Pulisic true. coming back. You're looking at Oba and maybe Rashford coming back, back for Man United. So there's advantages everywhere in that sense, in the injury sense, where players will be back. The other side of this is that, even though Liverpool have won their season, there's still about um, 12 games left in the season or 11 games, something about that. So, oh, no, it's, for Liverpool, sorry, it's, it's nine, games. nine games left. It's nine games left in the whole season. Uh, so what you're going to look at is nine games is about two months. Uh, there will be a pre-COVID and post-COVID. And if Liverpool comes back and they don't maintain form, they play poly till the end of the season. People will be like, "Yeah, you guys were champions pre-COVID. You're not post-COVID champions." Kind of <laughs> yeah, that's more we look at it. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then since there's an extended break, it, it looks like even if the season comes back and they re- resume the season, there will be maybe a little bit of a break, and then the next season maybe a two-week break, and then the next season starts again. So whatever form you come back with might be the form you carry into next season. So the Resumption of the league, you know, depending on when it comes back, might have a bigger impact on the end of on next season, on the start of next season. Correct. That's what I think. Okay. One thing that that's a good point, and I agree with most of it. Uh, one thing I was going to talk about, like, um, is what is the worst case scenario? The way the EFL is going to have to handle it. Say so worst case scenario. God, you know, you know. Hopefully not. This doesn't happen. But the pandemic is getting tough to contain. You, you have to. Once again, look at it as a worst case scenario. First scenario. On everybody. Yes. You have to now take it out of the EPL. Because why is that the EPL calendar is not in a calendar in isolation? The EPL calendar is in confirms to the European football calendar, which confirms to the FIFA football calendar. Correct. You already have a situation where, um, okay, let's just take a quick moment and talk about COVID-19. Yeah. We know it's a very contagious disease. Correct. We know it's a disease that it doesn't matter whether you have symptoms or not. If you are symptomatic, you still have a lot of virus shedding, which means the disease is uh, spreading. Yep. So, and we know and we know it spreads exponentially. So, in this kind of case where it can blow up into the, uh, you know, where you can have two people today, four tomorrow, eight, next in 16, next in your 256, blah, 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 blah 10,000 people. So what I'm saying is that that's one part. This is a, a disease that can spread fast and is very contagious, but it also has, they said the peak of the disease or the spread is at 12 weeks. So for most of football, we are only gone two, three weeks into, into this thing starting. So we still have another nine weeks before we hit. That's Remember, three months. That's the peak. And that's June, right? That's not I'm the like... trough, the peak. So that's when we'll hit, okay, look, like where China is now getting to where you're going, oh, cases are going down. Remember, they, this they started in peak. November, December. Yes. So it's it's going down. 
March. That's when China is saying it's going down. Yeah. So we might be getting to June, and that's when we're saying the disease is going down. Infection rates are going down. So society might start returning to normal. What that means is that if football is going to return to normal, that means there can be Euros this year. If Euros are pushed, like I said, the season might be compressed where you play the one season and then back-to-back. They might end the season, end Champions League, you know, basically play Champions League or not. But now, that in this scenario now, that 12 weeks is the peak. The worst-case scenario is that they say, let us void the season because we cannot play past June. Let's just let it go and start a new season in July. So we'll have a full calendar instead of having... Because if we chop chop our season... We still have to stretch the next season into the next summer, and then there will be another Euro. So, the do, worst do you case think, scenario. Do you think that's the worst case scenario? That's the worst case scenario is it gets <laughs> chopped down. Because this is where uh, we're talking about this from fans' perspective. perspective. There's the, the clubs and the players' perspectives. There's the thing about contracts. Like, I was. Um, so, when you say void this season, they are going to say this season doesn't count. Is that what you're thinking? Well, how are you, is that what you're saying? Yes, because there's you cannot. Okay, can you relegate Watford or West Ham at this point on the basis of what they have nine games left to save okay. their season? You cannot relegate them. If you cannot relegate them, you cannot crown champions in the championship because you cannot promote teams from the championship. You cannot promote West Brom, and then that's the problem you have. So you might not be able to avoid a season. They might be forced to play it. But where you have an issue is. Salaries and contracts. Correct. There are players whose contracts are going to end in June. Yes. Who's going to pay their Who's going to pay their wages beyond June? The extension. Yep. That's, that's one. Two. Okay. Who's going to play the Who's going to pay the wages now that the that the clubs and nobody's playing? Yep. There are clubs that need like Manchester United, Real Madrid, Barcelona do not need people watching games. You were watching. Old videos of yeah. one club this afternoon. Correct. That club is still making money off you. Yes. Right. As a matter of fact, some of those clubs, people are going in to sign up for their um, club channels yeah. because at this very moment, those clubs, um, you know, people are bored. So they're yes. watching loads of videos. The smaller clubs like the Ipswich, That's for example. Who need match day tickets. Who need match day tickets. Who need, who need fan engagement. Who need money coming in. Some of them are going to be bankrupt yep. by June. Yep. Especially if they have to keep paying wages. I agree. So what we might look at is that the next month or two, some clubs might first go to the FA and say, you either help us or we void our contracts because we cannot keep paying. We're not making money. That's true. So these are... It's a, it's a, it's a multiple <laughs> ramification. Yes. I, I think the fairest way they can void this season and not avoid this, instead of avoiding this season, I think what they... Fairest thing to do is to say, okay, everybody's at 12. Most teams are at 29 games. Some teams are at 28 that's fine. Liverpool win the league. You know how to do relegation and top four. This thing. People that have the game in hand, they will play behind closed doors. They play their game in hand and they end the season there. And yeah. everybody ends point twice. That's how, that's how they make that decision. Yeah, but... And they'll do that for championship too. I think that's the fair thing because this is how I look at it, right? We know this is a force majeure, right? Mm-hmm. We've got um, act of God, you know, like we mm-hmm. say. And it's a unique scenario. It's not going to happen again. But you still have to give credence or give um, how would I put it? You still have to credit people who have put in effort from August to this time. To, to date, yes. Everybody has ended at 29 games. As at 29 games, this is the best. This is how the league is. And, the, and uh, that, that's the only way I see it that everybody will agree to say, okay, you know what? It's uh, fine. The, the irony and we of move this on, is, we move on from this. The irony I think of that's this the only way everybody agree with. The irony Some people of complain, this is, yeah, but I think voiding will have more uproar 
than than this this solution. You you are looking at the Premier League and using that as an example for recorded now. Yeah, I'm okay. saying championship. That's, that's how they bring people up to. That's no problem. Let me give you another problem. Okay, what's the problem for that? Serie A. These guys are one point or two points ahead of Lazio, Juventus. You cannot tell them that Juventus deserves to win the league, especially when they might be playing each other later or something. That's the problem you have. The teams that are going to get relegated will be like, no, we still have a chance. And statistically, some of us might even be playing better than some people who you're... So it's... you, you, You basically... Let me actually put it like this, right? You also have a problem where some clubs are going to run to the insurance companies and say, hey, look, um, we need money to cover some of these things because, you know, we're, we, that's why we are paying insurance. Insurance yeah. go, no, this is an act of God. We're not covering you. Absolutely. Yeah. And then um, finally, I think nothing new, like we say, nothing new ever happens on it. Yeah. Um, so history repeats itself. Um, the good thing about this is thinking about this, this is not the only sport. It's all major sports. Yeah all around the world. And guess what? This has happened before. It happened in the 40s during the World War. It slowly okay, spread, slowly spread. Europe stopped and then later on it got to America. So the only difference is that the young, fit people are not being sent to the death factories to go and die and, you know, they're not going to be able to come back and continue sports later on. So what I will say is the people that have this experience and these sports have this experience of going through that war, they will be able to work out something. They will sit down. And as a matter of fact, I might say because of the continuity of sports, what I mean continuity is 2019, 20 season, 2020, 2021 season, because of that continuity, sports might be one of the people, especially because people are not going off to war to die, okay. that will rebound faster. People will miss sports more than ever. People are already missing it. So there'll be a rush to go watch games. There'll be a rush to reconnect and they will rebound better than most parts of society. That's just my... Okay. I think we'll round up here. I mean, this will continue. This will go on and on and on for sure. Uh, so we'll go to... Let's take a break, right? I think it's mm-hmm. good, a good time yeah. to take a break. We're back from our break, uh, and as we, as always, we have FPL segment from Ola. I think this would be a good one. You know what managers, fantasy managers, should do based on you know the COVID break uh, suspension. So it's left. Listen oh, to so, this. Listen so, to this update. Ola has some so good updates of let, what let, before, to do before, and the announcements that have been made. Let me let me hit you with something before you, he makes that. So you do an FPL, uh, you avoid the season. What about your FPL money leagues? You avoid your season, right? What about all those people that are competing for FPL prizes? <laughs> I mean, I, trust me, that's a great point. I am, I am running one of the cash leagues and uh, I have all the people consistently <laughs> sending me messages as what are we going to do? I'm like, everybody relax. When we hear what happens, we'll, we'll, vote, we'll vote on the decision. Okay. And welcome again to another short segment of the FPL update on your Footy Fantasy Podcast. And we're going to be talking about what's happening in fantasy football even though the real football has stopped. Yes, worrying times, but the FPL team have decided to keep going with the game weeks. So, so even, even though there is no real football being played, actually, ranks can still be moved up and down 
during game week 30 and game week 31. Essentially, if you make transfers over this period or you take negative eats to get in players, your rank will drop. So surprisingly for someone like me, I actually went up in rank. Even though we didn't get any points awarded to any teams this week, but that's just because some people are taking uh, negative hits to get in some players for transfers, and those kind of managers drop down in ranking. And also going forward with transfers, you get an extra transfer, so you get two free transfers for game week 31 if you didn't make any free transfer in game week 30. Now, this is all depending on the Premier League resuming on April 4th, as earlier announced. But at the moment, just keep an eye out on your team. Don't do anything rash, because if you play any of your chips in this period, or if you have played any of your chips leading into game week 30, that chip is gone forever. That is according to the FPL website. So sit tight. Let's see how it all pans out. And in the head-to-head leagues, if you and your opponent scored both zero points, you get a point each. So you can see how it's playing out on that front. So in the meantime, stay safe. Wash your hands. Try to find something to fill the void of fantasy football and real football. And we'll be talking to you sometime soon cheers that's that was a great one from ola you know i think anybody who hasn't make sure to look out for this segment and know what to do with your fpl leagues and your teams so we jump on probably the only directly football related content we have now the champions league was concluded wednesday thursday this past week and it was it was exciting for the most part um we saw psg reviewing psg dortmund leipzig and spurs Valencia and Atlanta, and we just have to start from the <laughs> the most interesting one, the Liverpool Atletico Madrid. I uh, I think that was uh, so. This is my thoughts about that game. That game was so intense that if you put, if there was a way to measure the pressure, and I say this because I watched this game at work without any sound on the TV. Hey, but even tense. without the sound, you were tense. I could feel the test. And I don't have any skin in the teeth, right? Well, I don't have any skin in the game. You know, this is like me just watching as a neutral. But that game was so intense. I can imagine how the fans felt. It was so intense if you could measure the pressure. And man, that was that was an absolutely I really, really absolutely yeah. um good game. That was probably one of the I best really games. Gives the players kudos. Yeah, that was a great game. That was a great game. I mean, for now to analyze the game, for my opinion, Liverpool where maybe the occasion kind of took over them a bit. They were wasteful. They were not as clinical as they usually were. I mean, I remember Roberts missing the chance. They've been wasteful all over for a long time this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Salah's decision-making on a couple of times, cutting B2-3 players. There were more clear people that were open and should have given the ball. So that was, from Atletico standpoint, man, I think if, if there's a course that can be given, maybe from like one of the top colleges on the art of defending, <laughs> I think Diego Simone should be El Cholo. El Cholo should be the professor of that, that department. The art of defending, the master of the dark arts, of time wasting, of getting player psychology. 
I mean, you have I to was, give credit to, to I was reading an article where Simone for that. someone was praising Simeone and he said that um, the lack of acclaim that Simeone gets is just a bit of snobbery, you know. He's Jonathan not, Liu. Yeah. I, I read the article yeah. too. Yeah, and uh, he kind of that point is kind of true. Where are we? Is it because uh, one Simeone as a player was a dirty ass player, you know, really dirty player who would do, who was never likable as a Correct. player? Yes. And then as a manager, he's negative. He's not press media friendly. He's, I mean, sometimes yeah, he wears a suit, but most of the time he looks like you know, like the guy who wants to take you out to the back and knock you out. Kind of <laughs> he looks like a tall kind of guy. You know, he looks very tough, and so maybe that's why people don't look at him. There's nothing sleek, polished about him, and so that is, I think, what happens where in many times you have managers that uh, the, the team is not a reflection of the, the kind of person they are in the sense that. The team is dirty, nasty, does whatever it takes to win, and the guy is just like uh, you know, slick playboy kind of. But this team and the manager, they they have their like you know, kindred spirit, <laughs> kindred spirit. I agree. They play football the way Simeone played football. They they have the drive he had, and I think that's just what happened. The guy just took his himself and cloned it into this team and. That's that's really amazing. Also, I want to praise you. Before, watch it, before I praise you for that, well, let me hear you know, us because none of us, basically, we said if it was going to be a high-scoring game that Liverpool were going to win. That's what we all said. Correct, yes. Nobody told uh, Let's Go, we're going to go and Scott beat Liverpool in a basketball game. That's what I called it. That was a basketball game. And you would have expected Liverpool to outscore them, but they did not. Like you said, they were not clinical. So this was a game nobody could have predicted. However, I have to give you kudos because you predicted the Valencia-Atlanta game to, you know, you crossed that T and dotted that I when you were predicting this thing. You said Atlanta were going to go for the game and it was probably going to be a high-scoring game. Wow, it was another high-scoring game. Correct. Right? It was a four, US sports 4-3? Yeah, 4-3. Yeah, US sports on. It was another high-scoring game. And I don't have much more to analyze on that game, but to say uh, Atlanta are probably one of the teams I regretted this um, break. Yeah. They're in good form, the best form of their season, you know, both in Sierra and the Champions League. And they were they they look like dark horses. They look like the team you don't want to draw. Exactly, but because they have nothing to lose. They have Before we jump in for Atlanta, mm-hmm. there's a quote I saw. So mm-hmm. that game ended three two in favor mm-hmm. of Athletic. If if you mm-hmm. if there's one person out there who hasn't heard the scores, one thing I heard from a podcast I listened to, um, the Stadio podcast, and I think that's mm-hmm. the best quote for the Athletic Liverpool game. He says, "Athletic is Athletic is not a style of football. It's a state of mind." <laughs> Peak athletics is the word. So peak athletics is not a style of football. It's a state of mind. Okay. <laughs> and I thought that was very interesting when you think about like what we just talked about. Yeah. Here. You know, when when at their peak, it's not about form, it's about a state. When they get to that state of mind, where like whatever it takes, they get over the line. I think that's that, that's one of the quotes. For Atlanta, Valencia, mm-hmm. I think the only thing I, I can talk about is the one word, Illicic. That guy is, he should be currently, current football, he will be among nominations for like player of the year in Italy and probably this Champions League so far. He scored like nine goals in total. He scored four goals in this game. He scored a hat-trick the game before. Ilicic, is a, I think he's a Slovenian who are left-footed. He's such a... He's probably among the deadliest finishers along with Lewandowski now in current European football. He is deadly. 
he's a, and he's a form of his life. So yeah, yeah. Athletic, Atlanta are dark horses. That's right. Leipzig Spurs. I mean, what's they talk about? We we all predicted. We all well, predicted that. Yeah, I mean, Spurs are. Yeah, they are. They've lost almost everything. Bergwijn was deeply played his leg. Obviously, Son and Kane have been out for a couple of weeks. But but at still the same time, um, Leipzig out. We cannot. We, yeah, they are played them, but we cannot keep making excuses. I this mean, was a horrible display from the team, the manager. From zero to from beginning to the end. It was yeah, the two, dominant over the, display. Over the two legs, they were really beaten. They were battered. Yes. They <laughs> were beaten so. properly. Yeah. Imagine they had us coming and say a Jose Mourinho team they who played Champions League knockouts and they didn't score they one goal. They had created <laughs> a chance. They were over two legs. They were battered. Yeah. They were um, battered. As a matter of fact, um, before this game, um, the Sunday supplement guys were talking about Moreno and they said something about he, he looks finished. He needs to find a way to rescue this job, the sports job, or he will, this is it for him as a manager. And then someone said, oh, we said that about it uh, when he was a Manchester United That's manager. True. But there's something about this one that makes you feel like, ah, okay, this is a nail in the coffin. Correct. If he, I mean, he, sometimes like, like you see that thing about luck. He might be one of those two that coronavirus might work out for where he gets his players back. But I don't know if it's a systematic problem with the guy or the fact that yeah, he's just having, you know, he's not having a team he likes or the team is not doing well. But if the season ends today, he's not. You know, he hasn't covered himself in glory. Absolutely. And if they continue like this, whenever the season reduces, resumes, sorry, he might be fired. I agree. Yeah, and, and the way I look at it is this. What, what this last three, four, what have we known Mourinho for? He goes to a team, he picks a fight with a player, one creative player, and tries, he's done it already with the Dombele. Yes, he started right. already in yes. just three months of being there. What's the second thing we know about him? Before the last three, four years, he used to be a good organizer of defense. But what we saw from his last job, Manchester United, same thing, defense collapsed. Because it has continued again. Because yes. he's, he's gone and taken jobs and promised things that were antithesis to him. He went Correct. to Manchester United and promised to play beautiful Attacking football. football yes. And so he tried to do it. It wasn't him. He went to sports and promised to play young I mean, stars. What did he tell us? He, he got the guy from Lille, the yes. guy who's supposed to be attacking engineer. Yes. He said he has changed. He's yes. going to play attacking football. I've not seen any of it. But the worst thing <laughs> the about last three it is at least in Manchester United, at a point, he reverted back to defending. Correct. When he was defending, he was able to at least show up. Show, in the second season, yes. Yeah. I suppose they're not able to defend. They're not able to attack. I mean, there was a time they played how many games without scoring a goal? Yes. And they played nine or ten games with maybe one or two clean sheets in that, in that same period. The Manchester United team has kept nine clean sheets. Yes. That's the difference, you know, like... Now, that's weird. That's weird. Actually, see, when you look at the the um, agony and the misery of sports, you have to turn around and say, "Good job, Manchester United. They're really, really doing well." You know, um, it's weird. Um, and a good job at Teta compared to sports. It's been better as yep. well. Yeah. yeah. And you have to say, I mean, people that said this before, I wanted to argue this fact. Was it last year or two years ago when people brought up this point? Thinking about it, and I think we we're right. Since Rui Faria has left Mourinho. He's not been the same guy. He's not been the same guy. Especially in organizing defenses. He's not been the same guy. Two different teams, two different sets of defenses. Supposedly a better defense, like he said. This is the type of team wants to work with. Nothing has changed defensively. Nothing. They didn't lose anybody defensively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he cannot organize the defense. So yeah, that's a good point. The last one, PSG Dortmund. 
Uh, we kind of predicted it, you know. No, nah, give, give me my kudos. I said Dima would turn that game. I, I mean, we all said it. We all predicted PSG. The yeah. first one, like, we all predicted PSG. But that boy, I, said, I called that boy. I said, that boy, he, he's, you know, he, he, he's, he's just in a good form. And he can get injured now because this is his time of injury. By the time he comes back. <laughs> but one person I want to give more credit, to be fair, is, yeah. is um, Tuchel. Tuchel, I said, yeah, he did a good it's job. Because I felt like the defense was also going to be Tuchel. And this second second um, leg, he did it. He breasted Mbappe yeah. from the beginning. But what he did is he played, he was able to play uh, Jisage and uh, Sarabia in the midfield and adjusted and literally nullified. I've never seen, I watch Dortmund because I, you know, I like a lot mm. of their players, obviously. But, this is the first time I've watched Dortmund, at least since January, and they were toothless. He nullified, Tuchel nullified Sancho, Sancho Haaland, all he nullified the all their plays, yeah. and they broke at the right time. You know, instead, all the play, creative play went through um, Di Maria this time around. Yeah, Di Maria was dangerous. While Neymar was the person just finishing everything. Yeah. Di Neymar turned into a poacher. Exactly. A, 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 a full-on. But, um, the, the two teams have always had this difference and this slight differences where they're both very good going forward. Yep. The major difference they had was um, defensively. defensively. Yep. And we all thought Dortmund's defense had improved Correct. this year. And, chart, we, uh, yeah. and we felt maybe um, finally, because of being players getting older, that PSG was losing some some of their defensive ability. But they brought, turned back the years and brought some of that. They were very solid. Like compact. Very solid and compact. Like, we know they can play. And they attack, they countered dangerously. Um, and, of course, you know when you're countering, uh, Demaria loves countering, counter-attack football. That's yes. his best football. And uh, he really was a star in that game. Um, pity for Dortmund, but they have the youngest players in the game if we yeah. don't have to sell them. They are another club that might suffer because of this, because... The longer this goes on, they're not making money. That's true. That's um, I'm not worried per se about the Champions League. I'm looking forward to it when it comes back. But oh man, it feels sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we still have a lot of second legs. Now you know we don't know what's going to happen now. Now that teams have we not played, they have all these very dicey second legs. City second leg coming up uh, with Madrid. The second leg of Napoli. In fact, I think the second round of matches have so many other games it's, on the knife edge. The Barcelona Napoli games on the knife edge. Let me, Leon, let me, uh, let me, Juve's on the knife edge. Let me point something out to you as well. That something that happened that we didn't actually note because uh, it happened during the week. The UEFA Europa League games that were played behind closed doors. Correct. I felt very bad for some of those things. Like yeah. LASK, for example, that yeah. played um, Manchester United. That's the biggest game in history that's in the entire history. history. And they have to be behind closed doors. This is a club that actually needed the fans to come in. Granted, they had a lot of TV, but wow, like, how are they going to make up for those funds? Yeah. And then they were supposed to play the next week. Like, oh, man, like, a lot of things are just hanging. There's so many ways. There's, there's no way. This uncertain, you know, uncertainty, it's kind of like you're biting your tongue because you don't know you know which one to buy. You don't Correct. know which one to pick. It's going to, it's going to be interesting in the next few weeks. And uh, we'll try. Um, so from a podcast standpoint, we'll be taking a break until, you know, it gets, um, I guess the season starts again, whenever it is, whether it's April 3rd or if it gets moved up. But we'll try from time to time, you know, follow us to put out some articles and put out some content, you know, based on what's going on. Maybe we'll do some historical, put out some historical art, 
um, articles, some stuff on YouTube about, you know, the season that's gone on and just try to, you know, give you guys the best content we can while we can. Um, before we go, I want to do a quick, um, quick fire question to Bucci and I'll answer mine. And you can give me one if you want, but before we go, who has been your most underrated player in the EPL this season mm. so far? Most underrated player in yes. the EPL this season. Like real so underrated, far. not the one people say, oh, Firmino is underrated. When Firmino is not, everybody raised Firmino. <laughs> not that I'm underrated, a real underrated player. Because people are very full of, oh, this person, no, this person is underrated. <laughs> they rate him. He's a good player. Yeah. Most underrated player... In your opinion. In my opinion, this season. Wow. It's not money. He's highly rated. Absolutely. Um, I can give you my what you think of yours. Okay, yeah. Mine is Buendia. Huh? Buendia. Emiliano, Emiliano Buendia from Norwich. The guy has created... <laughs> he has created the second highest amount of chances in the league and second highest amount of true balls for Norwich. The guy is... You know, everybody which you talk about Cantwell, but the person that I mean, which is I've suffered this season, but the, the the creativity in that team, one of the major creative, the born of creativity in that team is Boendia. When Boendia plays, we always play well. So that that's my underrated player of the season. He's a really good player. I I see his trajectory that even when Norwich goes down, if if they go down, whatever how the season goes, if if we continue the season, I see Boendia moving to a better club. He's a really good player. Wood is that Argentine? Wood plays for Sheffield United, right? Burnley. Burnley. Chris Wood, Wood Chris, Chris Wood, striker. Good. Okay. Chris Wood is Chris Wood is one of my um I would have three underrated players. I cannot pick one. Okay, you can say the three of them. Um Danny Ains, Chris okay. Wood, yeah. those two strikers for what the rate of scoring scoring rate is so high. Uh, I believe they should can be playing for higher level clubs, even at as subs. Um now for example, like the Gallo position at my side, that's something either of them could do. Yeah. Um, either of them could be subs. I think they're better than Divo Corrigi at Liverpool, for example, just being honest. Okay. Um, if Liverpool, if Aston lose that Kazet, they can do a job there. So those are, to me, those are players, two players that I believe can play for the big teams. Then um, Henderson. Of Sheffield United, the goalkeeper is to mm. me probably the best goalkeeper yeah, outside of the top traditional top teams. He's better than he's better than um, Kepa. Clearly better than Kepa to me. I think he's I the better I, goalkeeper. No arguments there. I think he might be a better goalkeeper than Ederson. Ederson might just be a better, mm. you know, with distribution. Mm. And I think he might be very close to the guy. He should be able to even take his share if he's on form. Those are my three underrated, underrated players. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good shout. Um, before we go, guys, stay safe out there. Public health for everybody. Um, wash your hands. Avoid. Um, tra- practice some social um, distance. Isolation. Mm-hmm. Isolation if you can. And always remember, not everybody's immunity is as strong as yours. And also keep mindful of the older population. We'll do a quick admin. Before we go, follow us again on Twitter, Footy AD Fantasy, Facebook, Extraordinary Footy Fan, Instagram, Fantasy Footy, one word, YouTube, Footy, Space Fantasy, two words, and um, footyfantasy.com. Okay, Bucci? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you all again, and then um, see you guys next time. Thank you, Bolu, been a great producer. Yep. 
Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Stay safe.